we're going to get underway immediately. I'm uh, grateful again for another very large audience, uh, mostly because it keeps growing our community and it gives us an opportunity to interact and learn from each other. And we learn here at Marketing Experiment from our students constantly as we're all practitioners. Let me begin uh, by just giving you a quick synopsis. Today's program is email optimization. And officially the title is to improve your ROI from capture to conversion. And I have to say, going into 2009, this is a timely subject, and I might also add that while I have many case studies constantly being developed through our research and experimentation, I have several today that are quite fascinating, including some that have been contributed by uh, listeners to these web briefings who have applied the learnings in their own work, and of course, uh, mainly experiments from our own research laboratory. Before I go further, before I drill down deeply into something, I want to just tell you very clearly on the front side what I'm hoping for today. I want you to learn something today when you get off this phone call that you should be able to take back and actually utilize to improve the performance of your email, both list growth and, you might say, uh, conversion or ROI. Now, I actually have carefully reviewed this work, which is prepared by a lot of people. I mean, there are the analysts and scientists who uh, design the core treatments. There are the uh, experimentation team that works uh, with our research partners or that works internally. Then there are the writers. It, there's a lot of work done before I get on the line. And frankly, I'm the director of the research laboratory, but in fairness, uh, much of this work is done uh, by other people, and they certainly deserve credit. I'm very grateful for the work that Hunter uh, does, Hunter Boyle, who's the editor of the Marketing Experiments Journal. Uh, I think he's the managing editor. Hunter, I probably don't know your official title. And our writer, Anna, uh, who has also worked extensively uh, in this interviewing our analysts and scientists, etc. But here's the bottom line. I'm impressed with some of the information that the analysts have put together for this, and I think it's imperative. And here's the reason. It appears that we're going into a difficult economy, and notwithstanding all the hope of the recent inauguration, the reality is that uh, marketing budgets are being cut, marketers are being laid off, and yet no one is asking for a decrease in performance, but rather an increase in performance. And one of the first places that a marketer is expected to turn is to their email list. And I, uh, I, I frankly think that we're getting diminishing returns from our emails. We're getting diminishing returns because, uh, number one, it's hard to keep the list growing, and number two, it's hard to get people to respond. They're barraged with emails, and yet you will notice that the interest in email has not died because companies all over still find it to be, even if it's diminishing, the most effective channel they have, especially with house lists and homegrown lists. Now, I you know, I'm here teaching this now, but in a, uh, another month I'll be at one of our other companies, that research companies, Marketing Sherpa, at their email summit in Miami, which, by the way, I don't mind highly recommending. It'll be full of practitioners who are telling you how they are working in their own companies. I will be there teaching certification. This is not a commercial planned, but clearly I'd like you to come. I mean, it's not in my slides. I don't know if I even have anything about it coming up. But in March, and you'd have to go to the Marketing Sherpa website to see it, there will be, you know, uh, the world's largest gathering uh, every year for this subject of email. 
and I'll be teaching certification in email marketing as well as uh, in landing page optimization, and then there will be many, many speakers teaching what they're actually doing. In the last email summit one year ago, I sat down with two or three of the biggest names on the Internet. I cannot tell you their names, but you'd know them instantly. They are the head of large, old, email-focused publications or marketing-focused publications, and I asked them point blank, is your list still growing? And all three of these dominant marketing voices said to me, no. Uh, in a positive note, we're holding our own, and, uh, and it's still, uh, you know, a, a healthy revenue stream for us, but we are not growing. And, uh, and for that reason, uh, I was alarmed. In fact, I started out my session saying things that were very unpopular to say in email marketing, and that is, I think we're in trouble. Uh, Jenny, you go to these conferences and they talk about the future of email is still strong and on and on they go. I said, I don't believe it. I think email is in grave trouble. I went back to my own team a year ago, and I said, look, we have, you know, we have hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of marketers across our various lists, and I said, you know, what is our list growth, and is it going to grow this year, and how are we going to grow it? Because all the leaders I know in the field, they're not experiencing significant growth. Now, there are some exceptions, I'm sure. I can tell you, and none of what I'm saying now is in the notes prepared for me, we went to work not only with our own research, but wondering about this because of our own business, and frankly, it became clear that there was a lot of things that need to change to get email to continue to work. Our list growth overall, I think, was over 50% this year, which is remarkable. And I want to help you learn some key points that will make a significant difference for you in the future. Having said that, let me just show you uh, what we discovered through Marketing Sherpa, our sister company. Uh, if you're not clear on the brands, Marketing Experiments is a research company, Marketing Sherpa is a research company, and InTouch is a research company. We all three are wholly owned by Mech Labs, our scientist group. And Marketing Sherpa uh, said that B2B marketers, in their projections of list growth, uh, most are saying 10 to 20% growth is what they're hoping for in 2008. That was last year, and that was quite optimistic. And you can see on the B2C side, uh, again, the, the difference is not that significant. On B2C or B2B, both are suggesting 10 to 20%. So how can we beat the market? Now think of it like an investor. Uh, you know, let's achieve alpha. And to do that, we need to think, first of all, about how to improve list growth. Now, we're going to talk in this, in this program not just about list growth, but actually getting uh, improvements in response. But first of all, you can see a whole series of email signups in front of me, and I want to drill down with a case study. This study is going to look at email capture, and the goal and primary research question, the approach, and the additional observations. These are all the ways we set up a standard case study. This is from uh, experiment number 2010 in our test protocols. And uh, the goal was to increase email signups, and the simple research question was which page will achieve a higher email capture rate. So, let's look. Here is the original, and I've got a good audience uh, standing by, and I need you to critique this page. Take a look, and you'll see that we've tried to protect the partner a little bit here, just out of courtesy. Uh, just look at the page and tell me, how would you improve this email capture? So I'm watching. Use your Q&A feature. And as you do that, I will see uh, what you're telling me. Uh, less input field, says uh, Andrew Foss. Uh, no checkboxes. It's 
it's not obvious what you're signing up for, remove the name fields, reduce the friction, put an arrow at the top of the form, less fields, too much friction, confuse, less fields, change the continue name, better than continue, put a woman instead of a man. Uh, that came from someone, no sales copy, looks good as is, said someone else, no red button, etc., etc. Keep sending them. We're going to look at all of your responses later and compare them to the actual changes that we made. Now, I had a team of scientists and analysts from the Marketing Experiments Group look at this, and they themselves tried to determine what is the best approach. And so here's a quick analysis. They said the banner within a banner uh, is uh, diffusing attention, and they were right. They said the headline is unclear. They said the check boxes below the name entry forms increase friction. And they said the large button may increase anxiety. Now, you need to understand this. This is part of a much more detailed analysis done by a special heuristic that we have written for analyzing email. Just like the conversion sequence, we have one also for email itself, and we apply it to, you know, the body, the copy, and everything else. And there's much more that we could say, but we were trying to work, and we were asked to work within the basic structure of the page and not to do a radical redesign. So had we the opportunity, we might have done much more, but just those four things. Now, please get actionable with this. Before I show you the new page, ask yourself if your headlines are clear on your own. Ask yourself if the check boxes below the name entry forms increase friction. Ask yourself if you have the right button. Pay attention to this and make it a universal application, some kind of transferable principle. Now look at the new page. It's really not that different on the surface than the old page. When you first look at it, you have to think to see what the difference is. Clearly, there's a different headline. Where should I email you when I'm about to make a trade for my $4 million personal portfolio? Or et cetera, et cetera. Look at that. Look at these pieces. Know that we can do much more to improve this, but just with these changes, could we get any kind of lift at all? Well, let's look at the old version again. Very good. Let's, uh, I'll give you just a second because this is traveling around the world now. It takes longer for some of you to see it than it does uh, for some of us. Most of you should be seeing the old page now. I'm going to go back in five seconds to the new page, and then I'm going to ask you to go to the Q&A, and I want you to tell me if the new page and by the way, this is a real experiment. I'm not setting you up. The answer could go either way. Sometimes they improve, sometimes they don't. Nor is this some wildly successful experiment that I'm trying to shock you with. I just want to see if you think the second page is better than the first, and if so, what do you think the improvement in conversion is? Is it 5%, 10%, 50%, 100%? What is the improvement in conversion? Now, I, uh, I will tell you it, it's not dramatic, so please don't guess too high. But look at the two and tell me. When I say dramatic, by the way, I mean the old against the new or the new against the old. You'll have to figure that out. Tell me. Right now. Vote. All right? I'm watching you. All right? I'm watching your responses come in. Yes. I love these votes here. 5%, 20%. Someone says 2 to 3% lift. Yes. The headline, headline is still confusing, but probably improved it by 15%. 7%, 10%, 3%, 2%, 20%, 4%, 10%. These are your votes coming in. Keep them coming. Good, good. 
Now, we all know that this form can be improved, and, and we successively improve it with a series of experiments, but let's please look at the results and see how well you did in your vote. So here are the actual differences. The optimized capture, those tiny changes, improved performance by 49.53%. So the answer, first of all, is was it an improvement? Yes. And the answer is how much? 49.53%. Now, think about that. Think about what that means if you've got a list and you know that everybody on your list is worth $4 to you and you suddenly are getting 50% more new names on your list every day. That's a significant boost. And it was done without major programming changes. It was done uh, without even a radical redesign. There are things to be learned from this. And Optimizing email capture gives you additional chances to engage your prospects. Some of us spend so much money on paid search or organic search teams who are all designed to get new people to your website, but we spend very little time optimizing the sign-up process. And I want to tell you, if you're in e-commerce or you're a publisher, you should remember this maxim. It's something I taught five years ago. Every retailer should be a publisher, and every publisher should be a retailer. If you're a good publisher, you learn how to market products. If you're a good retailer, you learn how to build a list and get people to uh, center or build community around your information products. So if you're looking at this, bear this in mind that many of the most cardinal mistakes I see in email capture is actually on the e-commerce site who knows they need a capture form, so they throw up something on the web that says register for uh, our daily discount, or register for specials and uh, special promotions, or all kinds of very poorly incentivized, poorly designed email capture forms. It's important that you feature the email capture in your iPass. It's important that more than that, you get the email capture on virtually every single page of your site. It's important that you consider what I taught in the last session. And if you did not attend the last clinic, you can go to our website and get the whole thing free. You can actually hear my voice and watch the slides by going to the archives and downloading the, uh, the, 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 the presentation. And I taught something different than the conversion sequence called the conversion fulcrum. And you need to understand that because on the left side of the fulcrum are all the reasons why you should do something as in sign up, and on the right side of the fulcrum are all the reasons why you should not, and you better get enough weight on the left side of the fulcrum in your email capture. If you don't understand that point, go on and see that uh, last briefing, but let's move on right now, and let's see how somebody who participates, like you're doing right now, in these clinics, took information that they learned and applied it in their own situation, and let's learn from them. Let's learn together. We learn from our students, and we can all learn from looking at this uh, particular form. So here's what I understand. And Anna Jacobson, uh, the writer on this particular case, I may, I may ask her questions before we're done, but essentially you're looking at a landing page and a registration for a free trial page. On the left side is the landing page, and then you see the registration page. And this is an improved version. Apparently the marketer who submitted this was hired, and the path was five steps initially. And having uh, learned across the Internet about the problem with the friction associated with that, they reduced it to two steps. 
and they immediately saw an increase. They increased sign-up rates by 25%. In fact, the original path had only a 7% completion rate. So they made a modest but important and significant gain. Then they attended one of these types of uh, briefings from us, and they said, you know, I'm going to add a step. Now, let's just stop for a moment. They went from five steps to two. Then, having attended one of these groups, they decided to add a step. That seems counterproductive. Reducing produced a gain. Why would you add? Well, let's see what they did. Well, what they did was apply these practices in such a way as to just capture an email address on the front side. So they inserted this email capture between steps one and two, turning the two-step process into a three-step process. Now, I can tell you right now, I would love to have had this page on the first page and turned it into a two-step process again. But in this case, they added a step. And the features of email capture page included the headline emphasizing the call to action, features matrix, a money-back incentive, and a credibility indicator. All of those components were added. Now, just to be clear, I'm going to go backwards, and I want you to see the old one. The old one had you hit a landing page, click on a button. You can all see, if you've been in our previous calls, that that landing page needs a lot of work. It's evenly weighted options, too much unsupervised thinking, and we could dramatically improve it. But from this landing page, they click, and they would go to step two, and this is the old way. And you'd have to give first name, last name, address, city, state, company, office phone, mobile phone, et cetera, et cetera, and move through a process. We stopped all that and quickly captured an email address. Now, I say we. We recommended that. They're the ones who did all this uh, on their own. Looking at this, you can now see the new page inserted, the new email capture page. Many of you need to really look at this. This is a transferable principle. This is something you could apply back to your own website, to your own process. In any registration or submission process, we try to capture the email early on and then follow up abandoned orders or abandoned, uh, you know, uh, processes with a series of carefully timed emails sent from customer service, not from marketing. So you can see that optimized three-step process, this was built by someone who took the learnings from these clinics and really applied them, and I hope you will all do that. And let's look at May, June, July of 2008. This is pretty timely information. Prospects did not complete the registration. People who abandoned were now sent a follow-up email offering a seven-day free trial. Guess what? On the first day, they got 84 new registrants. On the second day, they got 49 more. I'm sorry, on the second month. What is that, June 2008, July. On the third, they got 40 additional registrants. Plus, you see all the follow-ups. The result was 175 new registrants, which was very significant to this business. that would likely not have signed up without the additional step. And despite the change and the additional step, the whole list group. It's kind of fascinating. So essentially, they were able to translate this additional step 
not into friction that inhibited conversion through the full process, but an increase. So we go on. Let's look at a participant's email capture process and optimize the two pages together. So now let's go back. This is the same company under a new name. Apparently there's a change at the business, and this is what they're doing now. They're going to try and implement this process. So you get your email address on the first, and then they follow up if you don't complete it. When you go to the second page, this is the entire offer page for the second page. Audience, we don't have time to optimize everything, so let's not optimize page one. Let's optimize page two. I need you to talk to me. How can you improve page two? Most importantly, not only are you showing your brilliance here, but let's help these. Let's help this company. Let's give them the benefit of, of some of the top marketers in the world all gathered together, and let's tell them how to fix their page. All right, many, many ones are coming in. Need a headline. Make it multi-page. Too many fields. Uh, I, I can tell you I, 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 I'm not sure that I agree with that, and, I'll, and, and we can talk about why later. Way too many fields. I better address that. Let me help you. Is it better to have multiple pages or multiple fields? Well, remember, you've already got their email address. If they don't complete the process, you can market to them again. But typically, every time you ask someone to click a new page in the process, you lose 50% of your audience. Be careful about stretching the process out to reduce the fields, particularly if the fields involve, and this is original, and this is marketing experiments talking now, what I call a thought cluster. Address looks like a lot of fields, but it's a single thought cluster. People get it. They know what that means. They expect those fields to be together, and they don't require lots of additional kinds or new categories of thinking. Organize your fields in the thought clusters. And if you do, you make it easier. You make it mentally ergonomic. Let's keep going. Let me see your, let me see your other thoughts. Clear, larger header. Make free offer bigger. One column. It doesn't need to be spaced out as much. Okay, this is good. Uh, Jimmy Ellis, are you standing by? Yes, sir. Jimmy is our director of optimization. He is the resident genius. Some of you have seen him at clinics. If you see him at clinics, he is this big football-looking guy. I mean, he looks like a football player, not an optimization scientist. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of deceptive because when I first met him, he's just this big, friendly athlete. Uh, and, and it turns out that he's actually uh, this big brain that's stuck inside of a big athletic body, uh, which makes me uh, doubly jealous of him. Uh, Jimmy, <laughs> talk to us. How would you improve this page? And, and, again, we're looking for transferable principles that everyone on this call can, can take back and apply. But what would you say, Jimmy? So the, the main thing I'm going to point out is in terms of the thought clusters that you mentioned. Here's the one thing I would do with that, that second page. And in this instance, you would have a third page, but it's strategic third page. So here's what I'm talking about. you got your first Good. page, no capture. Your second page is just going to be what you need to complete the transaction. You probably don't need all those fields at the top. But I do see the credit card information, so you'll make this the activation or payment page or whatever it's going to be. But all you're going to need is a name, uh, probably name. You already have the email address, name, phone number, credit card information, expiration, and that's it. And then on the thank you page, it'll say something like, tell us where to send your whatever product that they bought. And then, then that's the natural way to collect their address and phone numbers and all kinds of other stuff that you want to collect would be on that third page of this process. But they would be done after the second. They just wouldn't be able to get there 
their stuff, whatever they're purchasing or whatever their service they're, they're activating until they fill out that third page. But it's going to be after the process, once again, they're, they're already done after the second page. So the, 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 the sequence of information is complete at stage two, but you collect the rest of the information that you have on the page on, on, that's on the current second page on the third page, which is going to be a stage two page. Now, for, so some that, <laughs> now, for some of you that are not experienced, Jimmy may be sounding an alarm with you, but you know, you're saying, well, I gotta have that address information to run the card. No, you don't. In most cases, you don't. You might play a slightly higher percentage if you don't, but remember two things. In most cases, you'll get that information. You can batch it and run the card together. Yep. And secondly, even if you don't, you still come out ahead because you get more sales. Way more sales. In, in most cases, everything needs to be tested, but, uh, the point that Jimmy's making is ingenious, and it's, it's a vital piece for you to think about when you're looking at how you're doing your current credit card uh, application or process here on the second page where you're requiring a payment. Uh, anything else, Jimmy, before I move on? Yeah, a couple of real quick things that we do is you know, we talk about, you know, on, on forms that are requiring personal information or credit card information, reducing anxiety. That's one of the, huge, the biggest points on there is making them feel more comfortable about going forward. You have this. This guarantee I see in the right-hand column is that a seal. You want to make that part of the main body. Either put it over there. Uh, well, there's their 90-day money-back guarantee in the yellow box, too. I'd probably put that seal in that yellow box, something to make it part of that main section of the page and not on the way over there to the right. Same thing with your thought um, certificate. It actually says invalid. That's kind of funny. Uh, but any kind of security seals, the proximity is so important. So putting that security seal right next to the credit card information. I see a lock up there, and the lock's okay, but... You know, the, uh, the actual security uh, icons from your processor usually are, are the best. And I'm not saying take away the lock, leave the lock there, but add the actual uh, merchant processor security seal right next to those fields in close, proxi close proximity as possible. Another couple other points, just because we have the page up here, is you have these checkboxes like, you know, check I have read and agreed to the home, you know, homefeedback.com terms of use. I have read and understand the CAN SAM Act of 2003. Those things, if there's a, another way to do it, either by, you know, say, you know, by using this site, I, you agree to these policies and put it on a separate page, something like that. Anything to make that thing feel less risky and, and less like fine print should get a few more people through the process. A lot of you said this shouldn't be three columns, but because uh, you're, and I think you're quoting us because we teach you uh, that over and over again, uh, vertical live path produces the highest yield. But when it comes to forms, using a couple of columns with forms can actually shorten the length of the form. And I think that's valid. The other thing is uh, I think you could shrink the feel of this form by dropping the name, like first name, actually in the field and making the form appear much, much shorter. You could move all the boxes closer together. And you might want to keep that in mind. Any thoughts about that, Jimmy? And I'm going to move on. No, yeah, sure. If you took the actual label and put it to the left of each of the fields, that, that whole form section becomes half height. You know what I mean? That's, yep. Go ahead. Like a horizontal field, so that the label in the actual field name or field entry is is horizontal instead of stacked on top of each other. It would just be a test. We don't know if that's going to work the best, but it will definitely look and feel shorter uh, designed that way. All right. Well, that's that's excellent. Let's move on. I want to help you now with your email body copy and subject lines, etc. So let's just quickly look at this particular point. Um, what is it that the ideal email subscriber wants. What do they want from you? What can you use to get them to go ahead and give you their address? And uh, this is an interesting study done with Marketing Sherpa. Number one, a guarantee not to share your address with other companies. That's high up. 
43% believe that's much more likely to produce uh, a, uh, uh, in our survey respondents, 43% believe that's much more likely to produce, uh, you know, an address. Special pricing, that's 32%. Ability to customize, 27%. Ability to customize the information you receive, 25%. And a first look at new products or services, 22%. These are, it's an interesting graph. If you are just joining us or if uh, you're wondering about how to remember all this information, we're going to be providing you with a copy of this presentation uh, later as we release the next issue of the Marketing Experiments Journal. Now, I want to move on. While there are several potential areas to test that can improve email response, opens, clicks, conversions, we want to focus on two case studies that optimize email body copy and the calls to action. And you're going to find uh, that these are uh, especially helpful. Also, there's a note put on the bottom here that on August 27th and September 10th of last year, we talked about optimizing headlines and subject lines. You can go onto our website. It, there's no cost. You can access those reports, study them, and use them to improve your headlines and your subject lines. Now, I have case study two in front of me, and this is the email calls to action test. And we've looked at a major case study for marketing experiments. We've looked at a participant case study, and now we're going to another major experiment, email call to action test. The goal here was to increase click-through and conversion. I would imagine that most of you on this line right now would like to improve click-through and conversion. So the question is, which email design will yield the highest click-through rate? And uh, the test ran three treatments against the control. And uh, let's see how it was designed. So you're going to see the control in this diagram. And, uh, and then you can see how we split the traffic. Treatment one, treatment two, and treatment three. Now, if you just take a cursory glance at the four treatments, they don't look that different. They all feature a bouquet and the same page design. So how do you get a significant lift? What can you do? Now, this is also a different kind of email. It's a more, it's more of an e-commerce focus. So many of our case studies use, you know, uh, light HTML and plain text, because by the way, that works. But many of you send out a kind of stylized graphic-based email, which is uh, sometimes difficult to, uh, to, to get through the spam filters. But let's look at this particular one and see if we can get an improvement. So here is the original. I need the audience to help me again. Talk to me. Tell me how to make this a better email. Now, I'll grant you that it looks like a web page, uh, but it really is just an email. Take a look at it and tell me the best way to make it work. Send me to the website, make it shorter. The graphic is too large. The black, you need black text, it's too busy. Give a value is a bad headline. Personalize it, reduce too many links, lots of distraction, the gray is bad. Keep coming with those. All right, as they keep coming in, let's just see. Uh, Sally says it needs more emphasis on the sale. Allison says too many calls to action. Uh, Peter says it's less busy. Dennis says it top competes with uh, the bottom. Uh, Brian says show a happy woman. Too many numbers, says Helen. Gray on white, says Josh. The image is too much to the right, says uh, Mike. All right, let's just stop. Keep them coming because, again, we tally and we look for patterns. We wanna, we're interested in how many of you say the same thing and what pieces you're learning. It allows us to judge the sophistication level of the audience and many other things. 
down and take you to an analysis. This is a, just a cursory overview. I want you to bear in mind that we don't just pull these out of the air, but we use a heuristic if you've been in our certification classes. And by the way, the one on email is particularly deep, and we've had an extremely high response rate to that. We certify you on how to work through your body copy, and I want to take an analysis and work through it step at a time. All right, so the top nav bar incorporates too many competing objectives. The bottom banner interrupts the iPath, and it's unclear that the bottom banner is a link. Now, I want to stop there, because everybody on this call could find ten things more wrong, I suppose, and clearly our team could, could completely redesign the email. But ask yourself a question. How can you get the most for the least? You may be on this call right now, and there's a lot of things you can't change because of the politics at your office or because of the limitations of your programming and functionality capability. We want to find three simple things and test those. Granted, there's much more, but just changing those features could have an impact. Let's see. All right, I want to show you the control versus the treatments. On your left-hand side, uh, and on your right-hand side are two different versions, and what are the primary differences? I think that we have uh, 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 Heather on the line. Heather, are you online? Heather's the analyst that worked on this particular project. If so, would you please just interrupt me? I'm down in the dark. They call it the back cave here with monitors all around me, and Heather's up in the sciences floor. Okay. She's not? Is she having problems connecting? She's not connecting. Okay. Heather's having difficulties connecting, so let's continue. All right. So if you look on the left-hand side, there are slight differences between the left and the right. First of all, the navigation is gone in the treatments. Just keep that in mind. And notice that by simply removing the navigation, treatment one, outperform the control by 140%. I'd like to just stop there for a moment because it's, it's too powerful to blow by. Can you tell me why moving the navigation or removing the navigation could possibly produce a 140% lift? And while I teach multivariable testing and how to do it, many of you would take something like this and design a complicated multivariable test, and I'll guarantee you, get up with an 8% lift if you got that, or 12 or 13% lift, because there's so many factors that are being measured and then put back together. And, and I, this is not to be, uh, this is Ian, not to speak against multivariable testing, but it's, it's a very misunderstood tool. This is a simple thing. Navigation's removed. This is a huge company. 140% lift represents a major amount of revenue. Why? Take a moment and talk to me. Tell me why that made a difference. It, uh, keep going. I'm trying to reduce choice. Karen, there's a lot of people writing me things. I've passed. Less competition to the call to action. The preview box says Paul. Removing the distractions from the offer says Julia. One last thing to look at says, but, you know, many of you are getting to the point that I, I want to touch, and that is this. The objective of the email is to get a click, and it must be a click on the right point, the right link. If I had written this email, it would be dramatically different than what we're looking at right now. 
But what we had on this page was too much unsupervised thinking. People were given too many other ways to respond to the opportunity that was sent into their inbox. We confused them. And confusion results in friction, and friction mitigates conversion, and it's a principle that's vital. I think Heather's on the line now. Heather, do you have any additional comments? I'm going to talk to you as I go to the next page, but do you have any additional comments about what I've said thus far? Sure. I mean, just basically what we've tried to do is simplify the page here as best as we could without making too many dynamic changes to the actual email content, given the fact that we were unable to change too much here. But basically concentrating on that main offer can give you, can give you a, a huge lift, as we can see here. Excellent. All right. So, Heather, I'm going to move to the next page. And now you see treatment one, treatment two, and treatment three in a, another uh, kind of test. And so, Heather, why don't you explain these three treatments to us? Sure. Basically what we did is the, um, the partner has certain elements of their business that, that do well, um, one being the birthdays, one being same-day delivery. So we wanted to try including those, those elements in a non-distracting way. So, again, we, moved the, we removed the top nav from all three designs here, but then we added different bottom links, just text links, um, that still allow the users to see this offer. However, it doesn't distract you as much from the initial primary message. Now, the bottom one actually is, is, is a similar banner like you saw on the control. However, we changed the offer to focus on the two top selling areas that the partner um, receives revenue from. So all three results actually increased over the control. All right. So then let's just go on and see the results. So these are three treatments against the original control. And uh, I want to look at these. All right. So here's the relative difference. 56.82%. Now, you know, we just talked about 140% gain, but look at, you know, can you imagine trying to get a gain beyond this? Here's a 56.82% improvement from 15.74% to 24.69%. And I want to point out to you again that in a difficult economy with limited resources, limited marketing budgets, and often the, you know, a, a limitation on your ability to make changes to your website and your emails, these kinds of lists are the kinds of lists we all need. And it was done without a lot of complicated programming changes or extensive uh, complicated testing tools. So, uh, first of all, and I shouldn't need to say this on the line, but Heather, well done. Your whole team did a superb job on this experiment. And, uh, and I'm grateful to see that we're still learning after all this time of studying and testing emails. And I think it's time to move right on to another case study. So this is case study three, email body copy design. And the partner is an e-commerce site offering natural beauty projects or products. And the goal is to increase conversion. And we want to ask which email design will yield the highest revenue. Now, can you help me just right now? If you're international or have businesses or websites international, would you please just, just use the Q&A and, 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 and identify that you're an international group? Because... We have people trying to log in from around the world. There are time issues, etc. And I want to go to an international example with you, but it applies anywhere you're at. So we know the site. We, we're getting ready to run a test. There are seven treatments against the control. Here is the control and those uh, treatments actually all the way up through eight. And we split the traffic at 12.5% to each. You can see copies of these. And uh, it does get difficult to see all the differences, so I'm going to do my best 
but I'd like you to carefully pay attention to the note in blue. Treatment 2, 3, and 4 are kind of a cluster. They have the same page layout, but the test focuses on the headline. Treatment 4, 5, and 6 have the same headline, and the test focus is on differences in the offer to page uh, to increase click-through. And treatment 7 and 8 have a different headline and body copy, and the test focus is on free to increase both open rate and the CTR, click-through rate. Keeping that in mind, here's the original. Uh, for all of you online, I'm sure everyone here can read uh, Italian. <laughs> so uh, I don't know whether to ask you to tell me how to optimize this or not. But look at this page, and then let's talk about a quick analysis. There's no headline. The primary offering is unspecific, and the button copy does not communicate what the customer may receive by clicking. Treatment 2 tries to fix that, and the thing that may be difficult for you to see is there's a gray subheader. See the green, and then gratis olivo, you see the gray subheader? Uh, each of these three subheaders are different. All right? The first one offers free body cream, the second one is free shipping, and the third one emphasizes a 85% discount. Now let's look at treatment 5, 6, and 7. Treatment 5 has two products and free shipping. Uh, I'm sorry, treatment 4. Treatment 5 has multiple products offered. Look at the difference. You can see visually these three treatments are very, very different. Treatment 6 has a big red button and no product shops. So we've gone through 2, 3, or 1, 2, 3, and 4, 5, 6. Let's just look at 7 and 8. Seven's copy emphasizes free. That's that good piece. Uh, that's uh, emphasizing free. And if you look at, at treatment eight, it is the same. It's even in bold. The word free is there, and the word free is emphasized in the green box on the right-hand side. Now, I, I, I just want to – I know this is a difficult question. You will not be graded. This will not be on your report card or your permanent record. But you got eight treatments. Let's just see. Name the – Name the, I think naming one would be hard. Naming what you think are the top two treatments. I don't expect you would get this right necessarily. I'm not sure that I would or the rest of our team, but I want to see what you think. Two and eight, six and eight, eight and seven. Six, seven, six, eight, eight and seven, eight, five and eight, five and eight, eight and two, three and eight, four and eight, four and seven. Four and eight, seven and eight, and eight. These are these are votes coming in. Keep voting. I'll give you about two more minutes, or sorry, about one more minute, and then I shall show you the actual results. All right. Here they are. The best treatment. You can see control, and you can see treatment. <laughs> treatment 8 had the lowest click-through rate, yet it outperformed the control's conversion rate by 48%, generating 54% higher revenue and produced 29% more revenue than any prior email campaign in the history of the company. And guess what? A whole group of you marketers chose Treatment 8. Bravo. Well done. You're right. Treatment 8 was exceptional. And think about that. Not only did it produce higher revenue, it produced record revenue. And uh, that's the kind of results we all need. Now, what I'm hoping here is that you don't come away with an, 
being impressed by the marketing experiments team, that doesn't do any of us that much good. I'm hoping that you don't come away thinking, wow, that's interesting, and I'm so glad that these people learned this. I'm hoping that you're learning something that you can apply in your own situation. Well, what was the – treatment eight was the button, right? Pardon me? Treatment eight was the actual button. Was that correct? Yeah, let's look at treatment eight. Now, I say that because I, I was uh, – Adam and I and, and the crew that were working with this partner spent a long time coming up with these variations, and that was – that was actually treatment eight was our last minute, hey, let's try this. Um, you know, because we had run a couple of tests and we got very negligible results and, and we're like, let's try something a little more drastic. And what we've seen is when you add products and remove products, it really didn't have much of an impact and you do different things. Like, well, why are people seeing these images of the products when they're going to an offer that's about a bunch of different products? And the main value is actually these discounts. So we just made a button, a simple, the most simplest, email we could think of was a button with the top two or three points on it and to click there to see those offers or deals that are at that rate instead of trying to communicate those products on the in the actual email because it's an email because people don't have that much time to process all these things and evaluate if they want they want to get those items but they do have the time to quickly scan and see you know the value of the sale that they're having and the, the benefits that were on the button I just I brought it up because um, I didn't know that that one actually won this test, honestly. So that was pretty cool. Hey, Jimmy, this is Adam on the phone. Yeah. Adam is one of our analysts also. Adam, go ahead. Yeah, actually, uh, treatment six uh, was the large button that Jimmy was referring to. <laughs> I know, I know. And Dang it. <laughs> See, listen, I was hoping my last-minute button was the winner. That's what I thought I saw in here. You just crushed all my dreams and ambitions. Adam, you're fired. Flip, you're out of here too. You guys are done. Adam, let me guess, Adam. You designed treatment eight, right? <laughs> Probably did. Probably did. Exactly. No, but I, this, I put it in there, and everybody laughed at me. Everybody laughed at my big button, and I said, "Well, let's see how it works." And well, it got like second place. Darn it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at it. Treatment six actually. No, it was like the worst. It was like the worst. Dang it. <laughs> no, actually, it was second. It was second place. It was that. number two, Jimmy. And click all right. All right. I feel a little better. I feel, I feel a little better. I feel a little better. Wait a second. Let's correlate. I mean, we got an audience here that needs to gain something. The button got high click through. Where treatment yep. eight beat it was in conversion further downstream. Yep, yep. So your your premise was right, Jimmy. Your premise was right. Yep. And this goes to this goes to some two points that I'd like the audience to learn that you can take back and apply. Number one, you need to try radical redesigns in your in your email. Don't just make a small incremental change, but uh, but do radical redesigns and then incrementally improve them. But the second thing is that the goal of the email is to get a click. It's just to get a click from the right person. And we, uh, I think that if I were designing these emails, all of them would be dramatically different because I think they're selling too hard on the page. Yep. And they shouldn't try to sell on that page. We should be selling on the offer page. Your email doesn't sell. The email directs you. It entices you. It, it attracts you to a click through to an offer that uh, seals the deal, so to speak. And what I find you trying to do too often as a, as a marketer is working to get people to buy on the email, then sending them to an offer page and get, working to get them to buy again. Now, it doesn't mean we didn't see significant gains, but, you know, there are groups that we work with for a year, year and a half, and we consistently drive up tests 
or experimentation conversion rates over and over and over and over and over again because at first we can't really make the radical changes that we'd like to make because of programming limitations or whatever issues they have. My point for you is go radical in your redesigns and then work out for your, you know, your, your uh, incremental improvements. Now, there are some takeaways, and there are some things I want to get a hold of with you, but before I do that, I'm going to look at a landing page. Somebody send me, Jimmy, stand by, Adam, uh, Heather, anyone on the line, send me a landing page right now that you're sending email to. We're just going to look at the landing page, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to optimize live. So take a moment, use the Q&A, and send me a landing page, and we're going to look at your landing page for you if you'd like. While you're doing that, I'm going to answer questions that are coming in. Yes, you can get a copy of today's presentation. It will be sent out to you and posted on the website. Uh, also, uh, with regards to research partners, or what a, re a research partner is, uh, see, uh, a large portion of our research occurs internally with our own laboratory and science group, but there's another significant group of research that takes place with a research partner. That's someone like one of you on the line who teams up with us, and we run experiments, and you get growth, and we get new findings. And you can go to our website to learn about those, uh, and perhaps that will help you as you think in the future. But for now, I want to go to a URL. So submit a URL to me. All right. Uh, let's just take, uh, John, can you copy uh, and paste the one underneath that? Because here's, here's one designed precisely for a mailer. Let's look at it. And uh, we're going to go to the site. Get, just bear with us because... I'm catching my staff by surprise yet again. This was not in our plan for the day, but I just think it will help you. Let's apply it. All right, somebody sent an email. The goal of the email was to get a click. They click, and their next move is to go to this page. When they get to this page, they should be sold. Let us optimize. Audience, help me help them. How would you make this page produce better? Quickly, give us your feedback. We have only eight minutes left, and we're going to pack every minute with findings that will help you. Here we go. Too much text, way too much reading, way too much text, less copy, way too much text. Somebody said, reduce the text, simplify too much text. I don't know where to start reading. Reduce the copy, less copy. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to argue with my audience. I don't think the problem is the text. It depends on what you're selling. Uh, it might be, at times, too much text, without a doubt, but it depends on the, on the nature of the step you're asking for. I would agree with you, it, it could be too much text for clicking on a button that says step-by-step, step, but uh, it just all depends. So the person who submitted this page, tell us, please, the objective of this page. What is your objective? We're watching you quickly type in, what do you want someone to do who comes to this page? Here it is. Reinforce the product purchase. I don't understand. Talk to me again, uh, Kip, because reinforce, how do you know they're going to purchase to begin with? Help them know how to use what they bought. So this is for something they've already purchased? Kip, would you confirm that? They are a dealer channel. So you're not getting a lead? Are you trying to get a lead? Okay. I'm going to use a different example, and Kip will help you offline because I need something relevant to the whole audience. So submit me more URLs. If you sent them in before, I might not have them yet. Give me a one that you're sending emails to, and I'm going to pick one right now and go there. 
Now, this one was like post-sales instructions. That's why we're not going to use it as an example. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, after there. It's more of instructions after they purchase how to use the product, which is really not what we're trying to do in this particular both conference in terms of uh, optimizing landing pages for email marketing campaign for driving leads or sales. All right, so we're going to a new landing page right now. Here it is, Trade King. Here's what you get at Trade King, all right? We challenge you to find more broker for your money. Here's what you get at Trade King. Audience, before we go any farther, let's get clear. If you submitted Trade King, please talk to us. Pardon? Harry? Gary. Gary. Gary, tell us what the objective of this page is. We're listening to Gary, and I'll share it with you, and we'll move on rapidly here. What's the objective of this page? All right. What? To establish either a lead or open a brokerage account. Very good. That's what we need to know. All right. Now, audience, we need this page to get us a lead or, or open a brokerage account. I, I, I want to start with that and say, please tell me quickly. In fact, because of our time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my team on it right now. Jimmy, lead off. How would you help this page, first of all, get more leads? So I'm looking at the page, and I'm really not sure what to do. But the call to action says, let's get started. The information is left and right, and so you have on the left the bullets. The actual offer information, to, to me, as a new customer, I'm not sure exactly. I don't have the email in front of me, so I don't know exactly how to tie in the motivation. But the 495 and 65 cents per option contract is top right. You'd want that to be part of the main offer. So here's the changes I would make. I would use a headline that directly ties in to the email call to action that you use. I don't know what the email was, but it would, it would tie directly into that so there's instant relevance. I'd yeah. move all this information to a vertical column, and I would embed whatever form you're going to ask them for or sign up onto this actual page. Right now, so let's get started. I don't know what's on the next page, but I'm guessing it's a lead gen form. So I would make a very simple landing page, good headlines, put your offer in one column, make it very simple and easy. Your bullets are fine. I mean, I haven't looked at the details of the bullets, but the design is okay. And then your, your your call to action is going to be your form and the button at the bottom of the, of the actual uh, main body content. So it's just a very simple page. I don't know what you are doing with these blue links at the bottom of the page in the gray text where you highlight them in blue. That, that, I'm, that's the, one of the weirdest. You're actually pulling out um, anxiety pieces of this page to me. Commissions and fees, risks, community terms of service, tracking disclosures. Those are all like raving red flags to me, and it's all in very small text. Ooh, this is scary to me. I know why you're doing it legally, but the point is that by doing the dark blue against the gray, you actually are, instead of making it recede, which was the point of the gray text, you're actually making it jump off the bottom of the page. Yes, the opposite. Make it all gray. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and then in addition to that, when they come to the page, we need a headline. Just like Jimmy said, we need a subheader that's compelling enough to drive me into a paragraph of text. I need a paragraph of text that starts a conversation with me. I would not lean on the email to have done any of that work. When they come to this page, that paragraph of text should tell me where I'm at, number one, what I can do here, number two, why I should do it, number three. Those three questions must be answered in the first few moments on the website. Where am I at? What can I do here? Why should I do it? Once that has taken place, once that's taken place, then you drive me into some bullets that emphasize the most important reasons, and you give me a direct, clear call to action that implies an immediate benefit. Now, I don't mean a long-term benefit. I don't mean a benefit that will come after you, I give you my name as a lead and you contact me back and I then say yes. But just by clicking on the button, it needs to be worth my while. There is an independent, tiny sub-value proposition just for this button. Make sure you don't miss that part out.
There's more we could say, but we're out of time. And I'm hoping that today helped you. If you could take a moment, please, I'd like you to, uh, to uh, tell us how today was for you. If it helped you, please give us feedback that we can work with. In the meantime, in 14 days, we're going to release a new set of experiments. We hope you found this helpful. And if you have, the only thing we ask in return is that you tell a friend, get them to the Marketing Experiments website, get them, you know, at least a chance to see this community of marketers who are working together to understand what truly works. Those of you that have written us questions about, well, there is, uh, uh, some of the answers to your questions are on the screen that we have up on the last screen in front of you right now. If you're interested in discovering about research partnerships, talk to Andy Maud. If you're interested in the Sherpa Summit, there it is. I honestly didn't know it was there, but I'm glad it is. Uh, I'd love to see you there. I'm going to be there speaking. If you're one of my students, and I uh, happen to be there. Please come and see me. Jimmy Ellis and Aaron Rosenthal and the optimization team will be there as well, and we'd love to see you. You can watch everybody make fun of me in, perf in, 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 in person. Go to the Miami in, show. In, in person. person. Even better. Actually, these, these guys will probably be there doing live optimization. You'll probably be able to come up to them directly with your website and have them take a look at your site and, uh, and work through it with you and provide optimization. So, uh, over and over again, uh, that's been the highlight for many people that have come to these events. Thank you. We appreciate your trust. We're going to keep working to discover what really works. We'll be back in two weeks.